sometimes it's speed that we need when we're trying to grow our profit or create new income. But is speed really possible? Well, today on the Waste Up Wardrobe Show, my guest, who calls himself the king of cashing, says yes, absolutely. And he's about to give us some secrets, hacks, and shortcuts to really creating passive income fast. But you know the drill. If you want to hear what he has to say, you're going to have to stick around to find out. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Vartanian, an attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade House of Style, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style and dressing them for success. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally for the camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hello, Waste Up Wardrobe Nation. Welcome to yet another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. Susie Hickson is here. She's joining us for this. I will tell you, this is going to be a very entertaining conversation. Not only are we going to think about ways to increase our profit and create passive income fast, but we're also going to be entertained in the process because my guest is quite the comedian. So anyway, before I get started, I just want to say thank you to Rick Moscoso, who is the producer of the show, who's always here in the green room, in the production room, making everything possible and making everything work seamlessly, I hope, at least when I don't mess things up. Uh, so thank you uh, for being here as the Waste Up Word of audience. You know that we're on iTunes. So go and uh, listen to us on iTunes if you're driving in the car or taking a walk on the beach and you don't have time to watch us, but you can at least listen to us. We are on iTunes. And if you're so inclined, rate us and review us. That would be awesome. We are on Facebook and every uh, Thursday, like now at 1130 Pacific, streaming a brand new show on entrepreneurship and on how to show up on camera looking your absolute professional best. Uh, mind, buddy, and soul, right? It's not just about the clothes and the camera and the way you're looking into the camera. It's also about how you're growing your business, your mindset, and all those business tools that all these all entrepreneurs really could benefit from. So there's a show out there for every business owner. So Check out our library and, uh, and join us sometime at 1130 and bring a friend, uh, perhaps. So without talking anymore, I am going to introduce you to my special guest today. And my guest is Tom Antion. And uh, Tom says that he's never had a job. He's an internet millionaire guy, the guy next door, and the founder of the only licensed dedicated internet marketing school in the country. He's the subject of a Hollywood documentary coming up, not quite yet out, but very soon, called The American Entrepreneur. And I am so excited to introduce Tom Antion and bring him onto the show today. Hi, Tom. Hey, Christine. What's going on? You know, I was afraid to come on this show, to tell you the truth. Um, I actually gave you a couple chances to cancel me because I heard it was about fashion. And I'm thinking, <laughs> she, what's wrong with this? Is she blind? And, and the other thing that really scared me was you took a uh, course on fashion law at Loyola. 
Uh-huh. I thought I was going to get arrested for, you know, showing up with this craft shirt. <laughs> well, you bring up a really good point, And that is that the show's not just about clothes. Thank uh, it's God. So much more. Because um, I, was, I watched your last episode and I, and I, I heard that Sheer was in fashion. And I'm thinking, oh, my. Well, <laughs> this is the only thing I could come up with. Yeah. <laughs> Thing. So, so uh, I'm glad it's not about fashion because I don't want to get arrested. Well, I'm, I think we're in for a treat today talking to you today, Tom. And Susie's here and she's saying, yes, uh, Christine can be very scary. Hi, <laughs> Susie. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> um, it's a pleasure to have you. And I mean, we got to know you a little bit now. We get we got a little flavor of your personality, but I always start the show with 60 seconds to get to know the guests just so we can get a window into your personal personality. So these are just this or that questions. Just answer um, answer them as, you know, with your first instinct, okay? Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask the question first. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Writing books versus writing blogs, which one do you favor? Books. Tell me why. Absolutely. Well, because uh, nobody pays you for blogs. Uh, people will pay you like crazy. In fact, I'm going to tell you about uh, one of my ebooks is uh, taken in as of this morning $3.91 million and oh. anywhere from five dollars to $15,000 a month. You don't see that on a blog post. Yeah, no, that's incredible. How many books have you have you written? Twenty five. I'm uh, working on the twenty six, which is which is called "Highly Educated Idiots." <laughs> that's the title. That's an interesting title. It sounds uh, it sounds like something that you know that it will ignite a lot of interest, especially in this day and age. Um, okay, I have another question for you. Dogs. Um, <laughs> oh. Okay. I watched your other episode. They got a good dog cat question. Yeah, yeah. No, these are personalized questions. Oh, okay. All right. Designed for the specific guest. So I'm going to ask you so, do you like um, regular jokes or practical jokes better? (laughs) Practical. Yeah, absolutely. Because I I owned a practical joke company for six years. Uh, We did 4,000 custom design practical jokes in and around Washington, D.C., long before punk and all these shows were on TV. So uh, it was based on candid camera, but you could actually hire me. I had 35 people working for me at the time. We did uh, 4,000 jokes, (laughs) so practical jokes. Wow. Sounds sounds fun. Sounds like a fun experience. I like all kinds of jokes. Yeah, yeah, it sounds that way. Okay, I have my final this or that question. If you were to give yourself a last name, would it be Antion or Antioch? Antion, uh, because that's what everybody knows. Nobody would <laughs> recognize me after I spent a whole life building up that name. But uh, my dad came from Antioch, Syria back in the early 1900s. And uh, they named you in Syria at that time on the village you came from. So he was Simon from Antioch. And he gets to Ellis Island, and they're trying to read it. They can't read it. He's three years old. And uh, all right, you're Sam Antion. And that's what the name is up on the wall at Ellis Island. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought that was very interesting <laughs> talking to you, and I thought I had to put it out there. So thank you. Thank you for appeasing me and uh, playing this uh, game of getting to know you. But I now- still like dogs. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> uh, 
now we're going to dive into the substantive stuff because we okay. really want to like squeeze out the genius from your brain so we can actually, you know, learn and, um, and, uh, see what you, what secrets you're going to give us. Okay. So I noticed that on your bio and Susie's here and she's saying, uh, she was saying that she loves immigration stories. Um, especially when it comes to last names, it is remarkable how mm -hmm. that it's sort of like a game of telephone, right? It's one thing, but then they can't recognize it. So that it becomes, yeah. or it's too difficult and they'll, they'll shorten it. I think that's so interesting as well. But you, Tom, are called the king of caching. It's ka-ching. Oh, ka-ching. Cash register. <laughs> well, there you go, Rick. <laughs> there go. So I, I was wondering, I'm like, caching with a K. <laughs> it's ka-ching, yeah. Ka-ching. Right. So tell me why you have that name. Well, when the, I have this retreat center where people come in from all over the world and actually live in the house with me for an immersion weekend to learn internet and digital marketing. And I have my email set so that when an order comes in, the email recognizes the subject line and then plays a sound, ka-ching, 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 like you just made money. So i have been doing that for years. And one of my students said, uh, you're the king of ka-ching, aren't you? Oh, well, I guess I am now. You know, so that's how that came about. So it just plays the, the sound. So I have it on my ringtone here also. But this is a good story for your listeners. Um, uh, because I'm over the hill. I'm so far over the hill, I don't remember going up the hill. You know, I'm not any kind of spring chicken. And so I don't know, technology wasn't easy. I didn't grow up with computers and stuff. So uh, I always have young people around. And so I wanted the ringtone of Kaching on my cell phone. But I'm thinking to myself, it'll take me all day to figure this out. And one of the girls in the office grabbed the phone, came back in 10 minutes, and it goes Kaching when you call me. And do I know how she did it? No. Do I care? No. Does it go ka-ching? Yes. And yeah. that's the value of I have a whole thing on recruiting young tech-savvy people to help your business out. And uh, uh, for another day, we can talk about that. But uh, it's good to have them around because people fight with their computers. Uh, you know, people in my age group didn't have computers. And so everything's a fight. And uh, for the kids, they came out of the womb swiping stuff, you know. So, so it's good to have them around. Yes, 100%. I think that the younger generation is so um, so smart in a different way than we were. Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And, and I think, too, that um, sometimes you hear, like, the older generation talk about the younger generation in a way that, that like, oh, you know, the, the millennials and kind of minimize them. But the truth is, we can learn so much from the millennials as they can learn so much from the generations before them. So if we have that mutual respect i think gosh it's a win-win no i don't really like them but yeah. they're smart <laughs> you don't show up one time i had a millennial on my podcast one time an expert and i said uh uh all right i said uh, I, I can't stand it i'm always early and we're on time and she said well time is kind of flexible for us in our <laughs> and i thought so should i put on my door my store open at nine ish or whenever they decide to show up. And so, so we had a fun talk about that. But uh, yeah, there's uh, stuff to be learned from both generations for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So you talk a lot about how people can make their hobbies tax deductible. Can you give us a little bit of information on that and some thoughts? Absolutely. And first of all, you're the attorney here. I'm not, but I've had hundreds of attorneys and accountants in my, uh, uh, in my programs. And they all say, yeah, that's exactly how it works. So basically... Um, 
there's no law that says that you have to hate your business, all right? You can love what you do in your business, but most people just pay through the nose after taxes to go camping or to play tennis or or uh, archery or whatever their hobbies are, golf. And so uh, all you have to do is put up an inexpensive WordPress website. You can make a world-class website if you know how you to do it for 150 bucks. And then you can either have a product on it or an affiliate product, which means somebody else's product is promoted on your website. And when somebody buys it, they click through a special link and you get a commission. In other words, you brought in money from this website and it just happens to be about your hobby. See, Christine, I have the dubious distinction of being the largest person ever to create and star in a tennis training video. <laughs> it's called it's called Fatso Tennis, <laughs> and it's, and <laughs> and uh, you can see the uh, the the trailer of the DVD where I'm playing tennis and eating pizza at the same time. <laughs> and so I'm a tennis nut, and so but the the rackets and the ball machine, and I got to come out to California where you are to interview tennis coaches, and all that was tax deductible because. I brought money in from that particular product. And I have other examples of that. One is uh, uh, Protection Dogs Elite. So I have a $50,000 German Shepherd Protection Dog. Well, that's a lot of money and training and everything that goes with it. So I started a company where I take the orders off the internet, take a commission off the top, and then the trainers train and deliver the dogs. And they start at like $20,000. Wow. So it's another thing I'm taking care of. I love dogs. You, know, you heard that earlier. Um, and so that was one. And then the other one's brutal self-defense. And that one uh, came about because I had a nightclub for six years and I was in gunfights and knife fights and uh, over a hundred violent encounters of bikers trying to kill me. And so my whole life I've been into martial arts, uh, but it's no longer art when people are actually trying to kill you. So yeah. it's very, very nasty stuff and a dangerous world out there. So I came out with that program so that I could expand and keep my own training up and then help a lot of people. Uh, so that's just three examples. I have more, but uh, that's the idea. And uh, most families just pay through the nose. So let's say you like camping. Well, you could uh, start a camping a blog. You talked about blogs earlier. And then all these camping things have a lot of stoves and batteries and flashlights and all this stuff. Those companies will give them to you to review. And then you can review them and get an affiliate commission if somebody buys them. And now your camping stuff is now tax deductible legitimately. Now, you can't uh, claim a million dollars in deductions and you took in two dollars. You know, that's that's not going to fly. But it's a it's a legitimate way to uh make your family interest and your hobbies tax deductible and have a great time doing it and have a little business based around it. Yeah. That does sound pretty phenomenal because you're actually, uh, I mean, I think that's sort of the, the journey of every smart entrepreneur, right? They, they find something they're super passionate about and they create a business around it. Um, so it's kind of similar to that, but you're even saying like you could create these little passive, uh, incomes that are kind of, uh, that are, in addition to maybe your your main job. Exactly. It doesn't have to be, you know, replace all your income. I mean, actually, as an entrepreneur, uh, you don't have to replace all of your W-2 income if you're in business because you get so many tax deductions uh, for being in business. So, uh, so they can be side hustles, but it's, it's stuff that you love rather than, oh, I have to go do this to 
to make a little bit of money to pay the yeah. bill. I'm yeah. going to go do something I love and you don't feel guilty about it because you're making money on it. Yeah, no, that is an incredible way to really capitalize on your gifts, your talents, and the things that you enjoy doing and being around. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I really see the value in that. And then to have the benefit of saving money, you know, that is, um, that who doesn't want that, right? Yeah, even if you break even uh, because of your business expenses, you might take a loss that can come off of your W-2 income, you know, so, um, so it's, Perfectly legitimate, no hocus pocus here. It's just nobody, you know, tells you how to do it. Yeah. So, what would you give, like? What advice would you give somebody? Say somebody is like <clears throat> grinding in a job that isn't exciting for them, or they're dreading to wake up in the morning. The worst thing is to wake up in the morning and go, "Oh, I got to go to work." <laughs> right? You want to wake up in the I'm morning. Not familiar with that concept since I've never had a job, but <laughs> but yeah. I know it's true. <laughs> You never had a job you didn't love, it sounds like. I never had a job, period. That's why my podcast is called Screw the Commute. I never had a job. I've always had my own business since before graduating college. Yeah. 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 Well, it, that that is, I mean, it's a great way to to profit and to and to live, really. But if say somebody's in a dreaded job, a mm -hmm. job they're just not excited about. Um, but they really still need to make a living, right? So what advice would you give them? Well, the advice that I would say is take advantage of the internet. Every person on earth is stuck with their cell phone in their hand all day long. They never even talk to each other. You can go to a restaurant and see four people sitting at the table. Nobody's talking to each other. But why not make money with it? So the, the answer is, is the internet um, and the digital world can let you get in to a business with virtually no investment. You already have the stuff, a computer, internet connection, cell phone, laptop, all you need. And you can create um, digital products that are 97% profit. All, you know, all you have is a little credit card or PayPal fees for it. And so with extremely low risk, you can get into an extremely high return business. And we're talking about how-to uh, products, mostly not fiction <clears throat> products because they sell like crazy. Um, so that's what I would suggest. The, get Decide you want to be in the internet business and then you're going to have to give up watching Netflix and binging 150 episodes of Blacklist like I did <laughs> the past couple of weeks. But uh, uh, spend that extra time learning online stuff. And eventually, my, my goal with my students is to make it too expensive for them to go to work anymore <laughs> because the time... As they as they learn more and learn more, the time they spent creating their own intellectual property eventually breaks even and then exceeds what they're making from wasting their time on traffic and going to work. Yeah, I mean, so it's about really living efficiently, squeezing the juice out of life, I like to call it, right? And really living efficiently. And Susie's commenting that, so I was on Susie's podcast yesterday and we're talking <clears throat> about creativity. And um, she's saying that, I love that we can create something from nothing. It's just like what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And that along, it's just along the lines of what I was discussing with her yesterday and a panel of other attorneys on integrating creativity into our work. Um, I think, you know, the, your creative ability to think creatively about what could be another source of income is really something people don't. There's so many opportunity out there, so much opportunity out there. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, you know, I, I help start law firms and right? I'm not an attorney, yeah. but, uh, you know, even billing hours, you can kind of fudge a little bit there, but still you're, you're doing hours for, for money. 
where this intellectual property, you create it once and you sell it over and over and over and over again. The most, uh, other than, you know, some uh, attorneys that are in that personal injury that can get massive settlements, most, uh, a lot of attorneys are making money by selling their knowledge in these kinds of ways rather than billing hours. Yeah. You know, I have a question about that. Can you give us an example of a product or just uh, uh, one of those thoughts just to give the audience a sense of exactly what we're talking about here? For attorneys or for just anybody? Think of anything, really. Anything. All right, let's say you're crazy about fishing. You just love fishing. You live and die by fishing. How to um, how to tie fishing ties for fly fishing. Uh-huh. And then you take pictures of what you're doing already and you research a little bit about it and maybe interview some other fisher guys and put it in the book and they don't charge anything for their expertise. And now you have a piece of intellectual property that because fish people are crazy, they'll buy anything, you know, like golfers, you know? And so, uh, and I, I know for a fact, because I'm a tennis nut, right? I have a six foot banquet table in the other living room that's three feet high with tennis training videos. Because people that are crazy about a topic will buy everything. And uh, let's say 10 of those videos are on serves. And 80% of each of the videos is the same thing. I'm just looking for that one little thing that I might learn that I can serve better. So if there's uh, already products out there, that's great. Because uh, people, there's a demand for it. So if you just create a quality product, you'll get your fair share of the business. I call it my pizza shop theory. There's a big demand for pizza in the world. If you create a good pizza and run your business properly, you'll get your fair share of the business. And that's the way it is with intellectual property. So Except you don't have to deliver. <laughs> they, they download it automatically. Yeah, the commute. There's no reason for the commute. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs> just directly digitally. So, uh, okay. So that I want to just unpack that a little bit. Uh, so you were talking about, are you talking about like creating an ebook that's downloadable? That is the piece of intellectual yeah. property? We start with a, a PDF ebook because you can get just as much money as a printed book, but you have none of the delivery, none of the, you know, printing, no, no cost of goods sold, nothing. And then the second thing is we convert it to Amazon Kindle uh, because I don't bother with Barnes and Noble Nook or I, you know, any kind of iBooks because Amazon has is the big 900 pound gorilla in eBooks. And so um, you don't get as much money for, for them, but they have 200 million people a day coming to the site that could be exposed to your book. And also every book, Christine, when I teach that to people should lead to bigger stuff, coaching, consulting, membership sites, recurring income, residual income from stuff. So, uh, and the way that, uh, that one ebook that I told you brought in 3.9 million so far, uh, is with the concept of residual affiliate programs. And I I use the hook all the time. I'm on radio and TV all the time. Uh, I couldn't stop the money coming into my checking account if I tried. Couldn't stop it. And there's that's BS, all right? And then I tell them how it works. Here's how it works. You write an ebook to teach people how to do something, but they can't do it unless they buy or lease the tool that's necessary to do it. And you get a commission on that. So uh, if you would just Google residual affiliate programs, you'll find hundreds and hundreds of things that you promote at once and you get paid in perpetuity as long as the person keeps buying it or using it. I've had some people buying stuff that I recommended for 18, 19 years. I recommended it once and I keep getting paid. See, that's the way you can uh, make some money. 
Yeah, no, that's amazing. How do you, if you're creating an ebook on a topic that's pretty popular, let's say tennis, mm -hmm. golfing, fishing, whatever, uh, how do you make sure that your content is um, stands out from all the noise, all the other people out there that are putting doing the same thing? Doesn't have to. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. They're gonna. Uh, they're they're gonna. It's like all those tennis videos. I don't even know the names of most of them. They're not big names. It's not Rafael Nadal. Just some tennis coach that put out it. Uh, you know, I was interested in the topic. Like for instance, you could put in a book on AI right now and just sell the heck out of it because mm -hmm. it's crazy, and you'd have to sell an update next week. It's it's moving so fast. Right. So, so uh, in fact, I had some uh, some people doing it. They're uh, you know for a particular uh, one of the things that that can help you is if you put the name of the group you're targeting in the title of your product. So I would do one AI for attorneys, mm. AI for accountants. You know, how's this going to affect your business? And then I would research it all, put it in one place. And, and people say, well, there's a lot of free stuff out there, Tom. That's short-term thinking. Because here's the thing, Christine. Everything I ever said in my entire life is for free somewhere on the Internet. You pay me to put it in one place for you because you're lazy. <laughs> right? oh, that is so exactly right. Mm -hmm. Paying to get it organized and put together for you so that you don't have to go do all the research. Exactly. And understandable and see conflicting opinions. And, you know, you go to YouTube, you can find everything you need. But yeah. ah, what do I, what do I, who do I believe? And so you're selling yourself along with the topic. And so it doesn't have to be earth shattering. And yeah. if you name the industry, that totally, you can get three times the amount of money for stuff and an easier sell. I give the example of if you were an endodontist, these are people that do root canals, all right? And I had time management, uh, a product for $20, or time management for endodontists, which means that if they can do five more root canals a week, that's a quarter of a million a year. Which product are they going to buy, right? Time management for endodontists. And it might be 90% generic stuff and 10% towards dentists, right? See? So you put the name of the group you're targeting and you could have a, uh, take the same 90% and go time management for CPAs, time management for attorneys, or even dig deeper, time management for construction attorneys. And I know you're, uh, you know, what construction defects. That's I think that's what I was when I was born, but um, <laughs> I don't know if they could cover that. But <laughs> so, um, so those are the, just the small mental tricks you can do to take a piece of intellectual property and sell it like crazy all over the place. Yeah, that is really, really gold there. I think that is a, that is a, a little nuance that maybe nobody would think about in the, writing their ebook to make it in the title targeted to the audience because then uh they'll find it they'll want it because they know it's spe specific to them it's special. yeah their keyword is in the title and in the promotion and then you know i can go find out where construction attorneys hang out online yeah. Yeah. and then i can do what i need to do to infiltrate that group and get that in front of them say but yeah. if it's just generic well you know you're just then you're lumped in with everybody say Correct. So Susie has a question and mm -hmm. she's saying, what is the best platform to sell digital products? Your own website? Well, wait, she's an attorney, right? Yes, she is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's only a hundred an hour for me to answer this question. <laughs> I'm pretty cheap. So <laughs> All right. What is it again? So it is, what is, what is the best platform to sell the digital products? 
is your own website the best platform? Is Kindle? Um, and then she also, um, Gumroad is an option. Okay. Yeah, I, I see the question there. So uh, the best platform uh, for the PDF is your own website because you want the buyer. See, the downside of selling the Kindle, and we want the Kindle because they are going to bring people, you know, uh, I, I can bring a lot of people, but I ain't Amazon, all right? Uh, so you want those people to be exposed to you, but you don't get the name of the buyer. So you, you want to sell the PDF on your website at a higher price, and don't worry that somebody sees it on Amazon cheaper. That does not happen. Um, and then um, there's some tricks, though, of the trade. If you do the Kindle version... What you want to do is put in any kind of book you do, you want to do what's called a bounce back. You want them to see something in the book that forces them to come to your website and opt in for some kind of freebie. And this is a really cool trick, Christine. So right near the top of your Kindle book, you say, hey, would you like the audio version of this? Or would you like a checklist on how to do X, Y, and Z? Come over my website, blah, blah, blah. So you put that near the top of your book. Well, Amazon has a function called the look in function, right? You mm. can pull the book up and you click the book and you can see a percentage of the book. Well, you always see the top. So I can get people to opt into my list, which is email is where the big money is. And uh, they don't even buy the book. I could care less about them buying a book. All right? <laughs> I want them in my email list because they're going to, I have products from, from uh, $17 to 59000 all right, so I don't care about the little couple dollars from a, a, a Kindle book, see? Yeah. So they should always lead to something else, but you want to get them bounced back to an opt-in so you get them on an email list. And the only people that dispute this are people that sell social media training. Social media is a necessary evil to get people on an email list that you control because Mark Zuckerberg can turn the dial and you disappear off the face of the earth, yeah. not with an email list. Yeah, well, that... As uh, I second what Susie's saying is pretty genius. That is, uh, <laughs> I, I, we promised hacks. I'm not even warmed up yet, Susie. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we promised hacks and secrets and we're definitely delivering. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's, re that's really cool. Really good advice. Um, I want to turn a little bit into your, to your speaking career, Tom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you speak on stages, you have your own podcast. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. And tell us, you know, how you gain those speaking opportunities other than, of course, your own platform. But like, how do you get those and and give people advice on that? OK, well, I've done three about three thousand speeches in 12 countries. And um, in the beginning, I was speaking all uh, corporate. Uh, I started out because uh, I came out of the practical joke business. So I was pretty much uh, what they call a humorist. Don't go in as a comedian. Here's another tax advice for you. Because the, uh, entertainment is not fully tax deductible. Mm -hmm. So you come in as a, an expert on something, but you're really, if you're known to be really entertaining, now you're fully tax deductible to the company because it's training, it's not entertainment. <laughs> right? So that's another little, little yeah. thing. Don't go in as a comedian. Um, and so I started humor in the workplace in the early 90s. And uh, by the time I, I got done corporate speaking, I was 20,000 bucks for a speech and, and I quit. And people say, well, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? Well, because in the public arena, which means someone promoted an event where lots of people come, they want to come, they pay to come. Then I haven't done less than a hundred grand, uh, anywhere from a hundred to 250 grand in the last 20 years and for a 90 minute speech. So, uh, 
that's what you want to go for is to have stuff to sell at the back of the room. But I'm not obnoxious either. I don't get any returns. I don't get any people charged back in their credit card because I twisted their arm and it was a jerk. I just really had it down. But that's what you want to get to is where you can uh, you can make way more money than trying to hustle individual paid speaking engagements. Yeah, you can make a living doing that, but it's crazy when the sky is the limit. If you can get in front of three, four hundred people, you can come home with ten thousand dollars without even blinking an eye. If you have a product mix and a good, uh, you know, stage presence, and we, <laughs> you and I, uh, before we started, talked a little bit about Toastmasters. All right, so I, I have kind of a love-hate relationship with Toastmasters um, because. I love them if you're the kind of person that needs a pat on the back and and you're you you're, you know, need self-esteem and you need a little you can you know take a dump on stage oh it's a great dump you know <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, but when you cross that line to thinking you're a professional that's when I draw the line and I'll give you an example about 25 years ago I got five thousand bucks I'm speaking in Dallas Texas in a big theater and i got a three to four minute standing ovation uh, people begged the, the the meeting player let him keep talking they waited a half an hour in line all the way out into the parking lot to get their book signed by me and a toastmaster guy came waited a half hour to come up and tell me he didn't think i was very professional because my coat was unbuttoned and i said i'm an aussie <laughs> What what is wrong with you? So the whole thing is when I critique speakers and everything, and this is why I kind of tease about me being a country bumpkin and you're a fashion expert in a big shot California. You know, it's it's the result that you get. All right, I think you're going to get a good result from this podcast. Um, so it's not the individual little nuances that make you make you forget about the big picture. Yeah. So concentrate on getting results for people. And they don't care if you're naked up there, if you're wearing your shears. You know, I was trying to get a pair of sheer gloves to fit me, but, it, you know, it more <laughs> looked like a doctor. Um, <laughs> so uh, so uh, the, concentrate on that. Of course you have to. I mean, I've been through the $6,000 custom suits out of uh, L.A. Oh, my God. I wish I had that money back because that wasn't me. You know, I'm a guy from a small town in Western Pennsylvania, 500 people still to this day is our population. Yeah. So it's not me. And I know that uh, you as image consultants uh, don't try to make people what they're not, right? Yeah. You exactly. enhance what they are. I think it was a fair statement. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And so that is very interesting, you know, substance, right? And it's so interesting that you say that because when Rick, my producer for the show, actually uh, was um, very instrumental in creating my brand video and some of my how-to videos. And, <clears throat> you know, he, and I was always working on trying to like enunciate perfectly or trying <laughs> to do it perfectly. And he said, you know, it doesn't matter as long as the content is great, right? That's what exactly. you're focused on. And so that's kind of aligns with what you're saying. So, do you think, um, just because we're talking about speaking on stages here, do you think it's more important um, to have a personality? Like, let, let's not talk about image for a second. Let's mm -hmm. put image on the shelf. But like, I'm talking about personality. Uh, is it more important for somebody to have personality? 
or is it more important for them to give really good content? Like, would you like have a little bit better personality and a little less content? What is the the balance for okay, you? I'll give you an example of that one. I was uh, paid by um, uh, Metro. There's the big th train up in Washington, D.C. to come in and critique their sales force. They have a sales force where they try to sell bulk, you know, you know, tickets to companies and stuff. So I'm there. It's an early morning thing. I'm watching all these presenters, a bunch of yuppies uh, trying to be perfect. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm almost falling asleep. And, but I'm, I'm seeing one of their salespeople and I'm thinking, Oh my God, I'm gonna have to tear this guy up. I mean, he literally, I don't know. You're too young to know what flood pants are maybe, but I mean, his pants are too short. He had white socks, big wingtip shoes on his, he had dandruff all over him. His tie was tucked into his belt. I mean, this guy was nerd of all nerds, and I'm I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, man, what am I going to do? He got up there. He was like, again, you're too young for this, Groucho Marx. He was like flying around the stage, showing slides and so on, and people are like, it's like the Tasmanian devil got let out. He woke everybody up, got the information across, and got the highest evaluation that day. Yeah. See? So. Yeah. I don't know if it was personality, but it was uh, excitement and interest. My whole book, Wake Him Up, is based on 11 attention gaining devices. This yeah. is one of the classics of the whole speaking industry. Wow. Uh, and yeah. uh, and, it's uh, a and so, interrupt. It's like that pattern interrupt. Right? Yeah. yeah. The pattern to get people. No, you're, and you're not going to like me because you like to give a presentation A, B, C, right? No, not me. When somebody's in my audience, they have no idea what I'm going to say next. And yeah. uh, I, it's, it's not the tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. No. And the reason why is because they might hear that and say, oh, well, I know about that. I, I'll go check my uh, my email or something You know, while he's talking about that. They, they're afraid to go to the bathroom when I'm up there because they never know what I'm going to hit them with next. And I'm going to go boom, boom, boom. Boom! I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna I'm gonna get them on stage with me. I'm gonna have dueling flip charts where I get the audience involved and in, uh, point counterpoint and all these techniques that uh, can be used. And people are like, the, "That's why I get the longest slots. I could go three hours, and you never even knew what hit you." You know, so so these are all techniques that you can learn and hone over time. But so so yeah, personality is important. You got to be nice to people, and I, I, some of the speakers are jerks that's their shtick but not me i'm trying to I, i'm really nice but i'll tease you unmercifully and but have in a sweet way and make you look great you know so yeah. so all these techniques after three thousand times you kind of figure it out a little bit but but the uh, content uh, is most important but everybody's an, expecting an entertainment value yeah. some kind of thing even shakespeare in the worst tragedies put a, a thing called comic relief because yeah. the mind can only stand so much heavy information all the time. I quit speaking to doctors and <laughs> I forgot your attorneys because it just doesn't it doesn't work. A lot of them are arrogant and they think you're they're brilliant compared to you. So I said, okay, well, you wouldn't trade bank accounts, I'll bet. But but uh, and I don't say that out of arrogance. It's just that uh, the nature of people that are high achievers in like medicine and stuff they they sometimes miss the rest of the world <laughs> yeah no it, it's actually absolutely yeah. true and i think it's all about balance and uh susie's saying okay so tips on when you are a host and totally blank out i don't 
I don't understand. Uh, on a podcast? Uh, if that's what you're talking about, Susie, uh, so I'm never going to blank out because I've prepared. And I look more laissez-faire than I really am. You know, I, uh, I, like I said, I know all this stuff about you. You know, like I said, I told you, you could in Arabic and Armenian tell me I look like hell. And then <laughs> I said, I suggested it. That way nobody would know what we were talking about and you could feel, you know, edified. <laughs> you're like the you're like the organized chaos of, of thinking yeah and if you have all this stuff and i won't use all of it i'll pick and choose and we and in the book we call it pre-planned ad-libs yeah so i already knew all the situations that could come up for this interview and what i could pick out from what my research said to make it look spontaneous you know, so that kind of stuff. So it's it's yeah. planned chaos, basically. Yeah, um, now, I'm too much for some people. I get that, you know, but you can't, if you try to please everybody, you won't do, you'll be like mishy-mashy. You won't please much of anybody. So, you know, this is my, the way I do things. It's worked great. And I realize it's too much for some, some people, but you can't um, uh, sacrifice all these people that love it for a couple people that don't. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You can't sacrifice the people that actually connect with you and can actually uh, like get influenced by you in a positive way uh, for the people that aren't your people. And that that's is why you never look at the person in the audience that's totally stone faced and not with you. And <laughs> first of all, you don't know. They could have just had a, a death in the family. You don't know why. But if you look at them, everybody else is going to look at them and be influenced to not, you know, go along with things. Yeah. So if you look at the people that are laughing and having a good time, everybody else is influenced. In fact, the seating method, we use semicircular theater style, is the best seating for increased uh, engagement and laughter. Because if you're sitting in a straight theater, you know what theater style is? It's straight row. Well, you have to turn your head this way or this way to see anybody, and then your neck is all pink. But if it's on a, a semicircle, you can see everybody in the row on both sides of you. And if somebody's laughing, you're influenced to laugh. When I learned this about 2,000 speeches ago, uh, the same uh, jokes and humor and things that I had got three times the response yeah. just from the seating method. And that's what being a professional is about compared to being, you know, a <laughs> I, think, I think it's absolutely a key thing when you're uh, when a, you're a speaker. There's so much that gets taken into consideration, and definitely the way the audience is configured, what you, you're looking at, how your your tone, everything comes into play, right? Time so, of day, male female mix, and it's not being sexist, but females laugh more. I got to tell you, I've been through three thousand times, and uh, yeah. if you had an all male audience, then they're all ego driven and don't want to look like you know they're they're susceptible. And Susie, I don't know. Did I answer that? But anyway, I don't blank out because I got so much material that it's never going to be dead air with me. Yeah. 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 I mean, and there's you, 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 you really are able to pull from so many interesting life experiences, it seems like. Yeah. Well, the older you get, the more even you have. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, Tom, tell us if people, first of all, you're giving the audience a, a, a great tool today with the hashtag fast cash and shine um when they put that into the comments uh hashtag fast cash and shine you are offering something can you tell us what that is yeah i'm, I'm giving them a book that i wrote this is a book that we sell but i give it away on these uh interviews uh called how to automate your business 
uh, because I've handled up to 150,000 subscribers and 60,000 customers with a very small crew because I learned how to automate my business. So just one of the tips in this book, we actually estimated it, uh, has saved 8 million keystrokes. 8 million keystrokes. And it's a $20 program. You pay it one time. So you have to learn these things. And then I want you spending time with prospects and customers and develop products and services and servicing every your customers because that's where the money is, not fighting with your computer. So this book shows all the ways that I totally am like lightning fast taking care of people, uh, myself or my crew, uh, so that uh, we can concentrate on where the money's coming from. Well, that sounds like a really amazing tool. And we always wrap up the show. First of all, I want to just highlight the hashtag Fast Fresh and Shine to get that um, ebook. But um, we always wrap up the show with the Waste Up Order Weekly Wrap Up. And... The first thing we'd like to tell the audience is what is the main takeaway here, Tom? What would be the main key piece of advice you would give um, the audience from our conversation today? If if you want this kind of life, this kind of lifestyle where you control things, you, you know, like uh, Christine's been able to stay with her uh, uh, her child, her children all these years without having to go uh, look at falling down buildings, <laughs> whatever you do, I don't know. Uh, so get into the digital world uh, in intellectual property, because you can have by the end of today, you can have a piece of intellectual property um, that's that's can bring in revenue for years to come. So that would be and in, get into digital high profit, low risk. Yeah. And the tool is that tool you're giving us the ebook, right? That well, is- that's, no, that's just a, how to automate your business. The tool to do that, you already have. You have a word processor and an ability to create a PDF file. and yeah. then. Uh, Kindle gives you a thing called Kindle Create software for either Mac or PC. They give it to you, teach you how to use it for free to create your Kindle version. And then the book covers, I used to pay a couple thousand bucks for a book cover, haven't done it for years, and nobody else that knows me does either. Canva is a free graphic software, and it has hundreds of book cover templates and you can just go in and adjust them and put, you know, and they're created by graphic artists. They're professional looking and you just put your name and your title on and there's your book cover for free. So none of this has to cost a nickel. Yeah. yeah. How about give us a few tips on um, all the, the digital um, passive income? Uh, the digital passive income, you, you need to learn uh, to, to Google residual affiliate programs. Mm. Remember that I mentioned that yeah. earlier yeah. and uh, find something that uh, you think you'd like to promote. And then one of the ways you can promote it with no website is to uh, use what we call screen capture software. So you might get a piece of software and then you show people how to use it and record that, put it up on YouTube, but they can't do it again until they click through to your affiliate link to get uh, the software and then you get a commission. Yeah. So, and then you keep getting paid if it's a residual thing, say. So, so um, uh, that's one. Uh, the sh- uh, the uh, the tool, one of the tools in that book is shortkeys.com. That's mm-hmm. the one to help automate your business. That's for PC. For uh, Mac, it's Keyboard Maestro. And uh, we use Kickstart Card as the shopping cart system that has all your email and autoresponders and digital download and all that stuff. So. Yeah. We want to make it really 
simple for the audience. We want to give them one action item. If they're like totally bought into these ideas where, you know, to create a digital product that they can monetize right away, what would be the first action item you would send them to do? Okay. Now this is blasphemous for some uh, super authors that's got sticks up their butts. All right. But uh, you Google your topic, anything you're interested in, and the term PLR. PLR stands for Private Label Rights. This is where you can purchase an ebook already written with the cover and the sales letter and everything for $10, $15, $20. Now, do I suggest that you put your name on and put it out? No. You take it, you throw out the crap that's in it, and you put in your own personal stories and your own personal research. And now you have a piece of intellectual property and you started, uh, you know, they did all the heavy lifting for you. You put your name on it and promote it. Bam, wham. There you got a piece of intellectual property. And the last two that I did, the last two books I did, uh, one took four hours, one took eight hours and on a Friday. And by Monday, 2000 bucks had come in Yeah, right, from each one. Private label rights, it's called. Sometimes called white label. But the uh, PLR is something that you'll uh, you'll find hundreds or thousands and thousands of books. And the, the most I ever paid for one was 15 bucks. <laughs> Amazing. So I, I, I'm going to check out all of those uh, tips that you've given us because that sounds so interesting. Thank you so much, Tom. You've provided all this great information. Plus, it was so entertaining as well. So thank yeah. you for being here. Um, maybe pleasure. we'll have you back on the show another time too. I would love that. I can go all day on any one of these topics. So yeah, I'm sure you can. sometime, let's do it. Yeah. Hashtag fast cash and shine to get the ebook that Tom is offering. And there you have it. Waste up wardrobe nation, the complete conversation around how do you create passive income fast with Tom Antion's special hacks and secrets. And so you know the drill because we are here every Thursday at 11.30 Pacific time where we bring you a new fresh show around how to really show up on camera, on video in the most professional way that is very signature to you, but also everything to do with entrepreneurship and how to enhance your business life.